Let me try it again. Good morning. There we go. Sorry, that, that was not them. That, that, that was me. Guys, y'all doing a great job. Um, you know, it's, it's funny. I am, um, a lot of you know, I, I, I haven't been on the stage in a while in big church. That's what we, we call this. I am usually Sunday mornings. I'm in the overflow room trying to help run, make sure that runs. So since we've, since we've come back in June and in August and met, I've been over there almost all the time to help, help, help that to run. And, uh, and I haven't been in here. And it's crazy. If you don't know me, some of you are like, who is this guy? I, I've been on staff here for a while and I stutter. So don't freak out. Nothing wrong with your ears. It, it's me. It's all me. And, um, but what's crazy is I have, uh, I've stuttered since I was five, but I've been a pa- pastor since, uh, for about tw- 26 years. And, um, so I've spoken in crowds and groups just because that's what you've got to do. And some of you are like, well, why do you stutter in a pastor? I know it doesn't make sense. And, um, and it's crazy. I've done it for that long, but still, even as I came on the stage today, uh, fear kicked in like I was in the eight, eighth grade. And I'm like, what is wrong with me? You're a grown man. Pull yourself together. I am uh, here to preach today. Pe- pe- Pastor Mike had planned to preach, um, was preparing to preach this week. His son was supposed to have a state cross-country meet on Friday morning. Because of that storm that came through, it was moved late Wednesday. They made the call to move it to Sunday morning. And so what's great um, is that Pastor Mike, I'll explain why it's great, is not here today. He is at the cross-country meet, the state meet, with his son, and that's exactly where he ought to be. Amen? I mean, there's the times when you just sort of got to be dad. So if he felt the pull, he felt bad when he called me, he said, I don't know what to do. I, I, I need to be there. And I was like, go. If, if, if anyone gives you any, any grief, Craig Smith will take him out. So, so, so Craig, right? Okay, good. Got it. Got it. Okay. And Craig's really... Craig's probably the last of the elders I should have picked that was intimidating guy. But you're tough, Craig. Sorry. I digress. I am, um, so I'm just excited to get to share with you today. I get to teach with the youth week in and week out. And there's times when I'm in a passage, we've been going through the Sermon on the Mount and um, since June, and we're getting near the end of it now. But there's a, a passage I hit in there as when I, I taught it with the youth, I thought, man, I would love to teach some of this with the adults in our church. I really think it's something that we, I needed to hear, and I think we all need to hear. So um, we're going to jump into it. I grew up in the golden era of, ch- of childhood. That was the late 70s, early eight, eight, 80s. Now, some of you are going, Wait, you, you had to be born in the 90s. I know I look so good and so young, but it was the 70s and 80s. And um, for us, Saturday mornings were a big deal. Big deal. And I'm not talking, just because you were off from school, that did not matter. The fact was, Saturday morning cartoons. Say amen, amen. Some of you are like, yeah, I feel it. And, 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 and we had it not just on one channel, but you had it on three channels, ABC, CBS, and NBC. That was all we had. But, but they would play it from 7.30 a.m. until noon. 
And so if anybody was anybody, you were in front of your TV to, 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 to lock into Speed Racer, to um, uh, uh, speed, speed Buggy, Super, super Friends. Oh. <sighs> they were, it was so good. So I was like seven or eight when I saw these c- cartoons. And in between the cartoons were these things, which you know what they are. They're, they're cut, cut commercials and um and they would be geared for kids and so they were they 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 would sell one of two things cereal or toys right I mean so that's what they all were and there was one that I saw and when I saw this I thought if I can get this in my life I was seven at the time my life will be changed forever and so I've actually got the actual 30 second advertisement for you to see right here because and and don't be like I've got to have this because that's what you're 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 going to think. Take a look. Pretend you're Spider-Man. Your mission to rescue your friend high above. A job for your Spider-Man web shooter. Flip your secret wristband. Take aim. And down slides your man to safety. But wait, there go the bad guys. Reload. Take aim. Shoot. Zap. Got him. Bring him in. The Spider-Man web shooter supports the weight of toys only. Doll and truck not included. Buy fun stuff. Okay. I know. I know. I didn't hear the part, uh, uh, it only supports the weights of toys only. I didn't hear that because I was thinking, this thing's legit real. So um, a, a few weeks passed after I saw that, and my mother was having... Uh, sur- 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 surgery for some women's stuff, and I don't know what it was back then. I don't want to know now. You know what I'm saying? So I was five, went to grandma's house for, for five days and nights so mom could re- recover. And, um, and so we went there in Grand's place. We, we called her Grand, and she could cook amazingly just because she cooked what we liked. So, you know, that's what gr- grandmas do. And my grandma was, was a little different at the age of seven. She taught us to play poke. Po- poker w- with chips, like with chips and everything. <laughs> now I look back going, oh gosh, that's, we didn't like smoke cigars or nothing. But, but uh, I mean, we would play, play poker until like 2 a.m. So it was crazy. That's my grandma's house. Well, my mom, that, that, that story had nothing to do with the story. Um, my, my mom gave us some gifts uh, each day to unwrap. And my mom, God bless her, she uh, loved to give gifts, but it was stuff that she would think that you liked and, and nothing that you liked. That was just her, her spiritual gift was that. And, but she did some gifts, and it was pretty good gifts, like a pack of gum. There were small things we would open up each day, and guess what, we wouldn't forget about her, I don't know. And, um, and the third day, I, I get this box, and I unwrap it. And it is a Spider-Man web shooter, legit. Not the knockoff. It is the web shooter of web shooters. And I think, holy, I strapped that thing, tore it out of the box, strapped that thing on my wrist, ran to the front door and went, bad guys are about to come through that door. I've got to shoot my web to, 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 to seal the door up. If I don't seal it, the world is going to explode. I take aim, fire, dart flies true as an arrow, Thunk, it hits the door, string still attached to me. It worked. World saved, you're welcome. You had no idea. I grabbed that thing, stuffed that dart back in there, hear a little pop sound, a few small pieces of red 
plastic sort of came out of the top, but I didn't think much of it. Ran to the back door because while I'd saved the world with the front door, the back door was, I had to do the right. And so I, I took aim, fired, nothing happened. You're almost as crushed as I was. <laughs> nothing happened. I, I tried again, nothing happened. My web shooter, this is, don't go to grief here, but my web, web shooter never worked again. It was like vanilla ice, just one and done. It was, it was just, <laughs> sorry, sorry, that was just in my head, uh, not my nose. Um, and, and so I learned something at the age of seven about stuff. This is what I learned. One, I learned stuff breaks. Two, I learned stuff disappoints. And even though I knew, uh, I'd learned one, that stuff breaks, and two, stuff disappoints. The third thing I learned was this. I still want more stuff. <laughs> and that has plagued me to this day. You know, even though I know it doesn't satisfy, I've experienced it throughout my life, I, I still want it. You know, there's this thing that craves, that calls you. America um, has a lot of issues. Don't, don't yell them out, please. There's just, there's a ton of them. And, and a lot of them are loud issues and they're on the news and media. But we've got some issues that are just as big, but they're ignored. Um, and a, a major one is a problem with stuff. Now, let me explain myself. And, and before your defenses go flying up, just listen to me. I'll, I'm not going to like yell at you if you, you went to the mall or some of you are like, what's a mall? You know, <laughs> we, we need a house that's not only big enough just to hold ourselves and to sleep in and to, to live in. We need a house that's big enough to hold our, our stuff. We need not only a house that's holding us, but we need a, a nice garage that, that will hold our cars maybe at first, but the odds are if you are over the age of 30, it hasn't held cars in a while. And because it's, it's, it's too busy because it's got your stuff in it. But there's a problem. The garage gets full of our stuff. And then we find ourselves getting a shed for the backyard because we got to give our lawn equipment in the shed and we want a shed. So we got in the backyard, now we got a shed for our stuff. And now State Farm has taught us that there's not only a shed in the backyard, there's a she shed in the backyard because she's got to have a shed for her stuff. And she fills that thing up. And not only that, but now there's storage pl- places around the, 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 the city that for, for only 99 bucks a month, or 10 by 10 by 10, you can store the stuff you can't store wherever you're trying to store the rest of your stuff. Houston, we have a problem. Do we agree? But this is a, a, a major point. Having stuff isn't the problem. Being mastered by it is. Having stuff isn't a the problem being mastered by it is our text today is Matthew chapter 6. We're going to be in verses 19 through 24. And if you will turn there, and as you get there, I want to ask you to stand with me. We'll have the words on the screen as well as we stand in honor of God's word. We're just going to read this together. And we're going to begin in verse 19. It says this, Do not lay up for yourself treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourself treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. 
For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The eye is the lamp of the body. So if your eye is healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light in you is darkness, how great is the darkness. No one can serve two masters. For either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. Let's pray together. Dear God, I thank you so much for your word. God, we invite you in this place. God, we, I need you uh, in my own life. God, I need you in this place just to move. Lord, help me to get out of the way. Help your, your word and your teaching to be clear. And God, may we be a people who are responsive to you, uh, who seek after you, who follow you wherever you lead. God, give us courage and give us strength to follow. For it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Have a seat. You know, God knew uh, we would struggle with stuff. He actually, uh, it's interesting, if you look at the Ten Commandments, uh, uh, three of those can, can really di- directly relate to stuff. The one that you shall have no other gods before me. It's, it's crazy that stuff can become a god in our life. Or that job where we're going to work extra hard, extra hours. I can't go to church because I've got to work uh, and I'm going to get more overtime in, so I've got to get more money because I want to get more stuff. You shall have no other gods before me. Stuff can, can, can the, that need for stuff can, can really affect us. You shall not steal. What do we steal? We steal stuff. You shall not covet, covet or want. What do we covet or want? We want stuff. This morning, we're going to look at a text, and there's three questions I just want us to ask ourselves on this text. And you can, as you sit here uh, at church, sort of ask these to yourself. I would challenge you when you get home and you're maybe around the dinner table with your fam- 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 family, ask these, even on as a family, how are we doing with these three questions? The first is this, Qu- question number one, what do you treasure? What do you treasure? Have you heard the phrase, you, um, uh, you are what you eat, right? We, we've heard that phrase, and, and, and that's sort of true. And so that would make me Longhorn Larry's in the loop. Um, I, 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 you know, I, I, I like those, those places a lot. It means if you want to be healthy, you need to eat health, health, healthy. If you eat unhealthily, then you will, you, you will be unhealthy in your life. What you put in defines sort of, sort of what, what you are. This same pr- pr- principle applies with what you, you invest in. Where you put your money and time is in direct correlation to what's important to you. Where you put your money and your time will show What's it important to you? It's not just what you say. We can say, oh yeah, this is important, but if you're not putting money or time to it, it probably isn't, if we're being honest with ourselves, important. Uh, if you say, oh man, I'm so burdened for the, the needy uh, kids. There's kids around the world that are starving, that need someone to support them and help them. I'm so burdened by that. Ah, but I'm trying to save up for this this new, new, new truck, no offense if you just got a, a, a truck, uh, uh, I'm trying to save it for this truck or I'm wanting to save my money for this or that. I really want to do that. So I'm really not going to invest it this time. If, if we say we care, but we do, do nothing about it, do we care? 
I mean, I think it's, it's, it's sort of clear we sort of don't. You really want to know what you treasure right now? Look at your calendar and your checkbook. Now, some some of you are like, what's a checkbook? Look at your bank account. Where is your money going? Verse 19 says this, Do not lay up for yourself treasures on earth, where moth and rust destroy, and where thieves break in and steal. Do we understand that earthly treasures do not satisfy you know, all the stuff that you've, I've done it. I buy something, man, if I can just have this, man, life is going to be good. If I can just get here, get to this point, everything is going to be great. And I get there and what occurs? The toy breaks. It doesn't shoot. I need to get the next best thing. Uh, John Rockefeller, uh, when he was alive, and this is in the early 1900s, he, he had around 2%, 2% of all the wealth in the United States. One man. That's the oil, that's the land, that's the money, that's the stocks, whatever, the resources. He had 2%. He was, by, he was far richer than Bill, Bill, Bill Gates, who we would say was, woo, I don't know what word we use for rich. Buku rich, right? Um, he was actually around six times wealthier than Bill Gates. When asked how much money is enough, this was his response. Just a little bit more. You're like, dude, this is the richest man ever besides Solomon way, way back. And he just needs a little bit more. And aren't we the same way? Ah, just, give me a, just give me a little bit more. Don't lay up for yourself treasures on earth where, where moth and rust destroy. Just stuff's gonna, it's just going to fall apart. In the end, it's going to fall apart. Verse 20, it says this, though, but lay up for yourself treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. Okay, laying up treasures in heaven, what does that mean? We're in the Sermon on the Mount. So even if we say in context here, going, okay, so what treasures in heaven did Jesus teach about? If we go to chapter 5, verse 21, he says, hey, you know, if, 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 if you hate your brother, it's like you're committing murder. So lay up a treasure in heaven, practice peace. He says in verse 27, if you look at a woman with lust in your heart, you've, you've, uh, you've committed adultery with her. So practice purity, treasures in heaven. He says, love your enemies in verse, I think, 44. Love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, treasures in heaven. He then goes on to say, hey, and when you give and when you pray and when you fast, he's saying, hey, don't make a big deal about you. Don't let it be about you. Do it in the quiet. Do it in the secret. So it will all be about me. And this is what he says about the when you give, when you give, pray, and fast. After each one, he says this, for your, your father in secret who sees you in secret will give you your reward, treasures in heaven. If we were to put a definition for it, treasures in heaven are things that we do to bring glory to God. So the Bible is full of them. Whatever you do in your life that brings glory to God, that's treasures in heaven. And we're supposed to store up 
treasures in heaven, and nothing can destroy those. That gives God honor and glory. And then verse 21 says this, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. What you, where you're, you're, what's important to you, that's where your heart is. So what do you tre- tre- treasure? Things of this world or things of God? Our text takes a cr- crazy turn here, um, and it's a little confusing. Confusing, it almost seems to deviate from the subject of of treasure. But I want you to follow along with me in verse twenty two. It says, "The eye is the lamp of the body. So if your eye is healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light in you is darkness, how great is the darkness?" Now the Word of God even talks a lot that our our, our eyes can really cause us trouble. Not just just what we we see, but, you know, spiritualized as well. But this is what it says in 1 John 2, verse 16. It says, For all that is in the world, the desires of the flesh and the desires of the eyes and the pride of life is not from the Father, but is from the world. First question was, what do you treasure? Second is this, how is your eyesight? How is your eyesight? We're not talking about your physical eyesight. We're talking about your spiritual eyesight eyesight. As I, I read this, I was reminded of a story in, in John 9. Uh, Jesus is, is, is walking through a town. And he comes across a, a man that's blind. His disciples ask him, uh, who made this man? Like, why is this guy blind? Is it because of the sins of his, his parents or is it because of his own sins? And he turns to him and says, this man is, is not blind because of the sins of parents or his own sins. He's blind so that God can be glorified. And then he takes dirt on the ground, spits on it, makes mud, sticks it in the guy's eyes, tells the guy to go wash his eyes out at, at the pools. He goes there. And when he, he does that, this man who'd been blind from birth is healed and can see. Uh, now when he comes back, Jesus, Jesus has, has moved on. The Pharisees see this guy and they say, man, how in the world how in the world did this occur? Were you, you, you really blind all your life? And he was like, yeah, of course I was blind. And, um, and, and so they ask him, how did the sinner do this to you? And they're trying to get him to, to, to say wrong things about Jesus. And this is what he says. He says, I don't know any of that, but one thing I do know, I once was blind, but now I see. If you are a follower of Jesus Christ, that is you. Blind and lost in a sinful condition, hopeless, you cannot fix it on your own. And Jesus comes into the picture, and in an instant, everything's changed. Ezekiel describes this as that God takes this heart of stone, this dead heart that you have, and he replaced it with a heart of flesh, a heart that is alive. When Jesus comes into your life, your life is transformed. You are changed. You've, old things have passed away. All things have become new. Do you know that even affects your eyes? See, before Christ, you looked at things with dead eyes. Now in Christ, you look at through the, the lens of Christ, and these eyes are alive. And, and this is sort of how this text is talking about healthy eyes, a spirit. A spiritual eye that sees stuff because you know what 
the way that, that stuff gets into our lives first is we see it, right? Oh, I, I, I'd like to have that. Ooh, that looks really cool. First thing we do is we, 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 we see it. But the question is when we see it, it with a good eye through the lens of Christ where we see things and are thankful. Man, thank, thank you, God, for the many ways that you bless us. Not only even thankful for ourselves, we're thankful for those that we see that have something that's a great thing to have. Truly thankful that God provides. We're not only thankful, but we're compassionate. A healthy eye sees things and um, sees a way to help as, uh, that they can help and they jump in to help whether it's to serve, whether it's to give. Um, you see a need and you help. And it talks about a healthy eye brings light into the body. And not only that, a healthy eye is resourceful. It sees things in this world that we have, and it sees it in the context of this is God's world, these are God's things, and how can we use these things to make God's name glorified? It's resourceful. That's, that's the way we need to see stuff it's almost as if a, a, a church, let's say, um, heard of a need of a CrossFit gym to be built halfway around the world to reach a people for Christ who had never heard the gospel before. So a church raises money. They, they send it, that builds a CrossFit gym, which is now used for Christ to be shared and, 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 and for, 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 for folks that you will never meet will come to know Christ that's being resourceful. I don't know if you've heard a church that does that before. But we were privileged to get to do that. It's resourceful. The bad eye, the spiritually unhealthy eye, sees, sees, sees stuff and brings it into the body, and it looks like this, entitlement. I deserve that. You don't know how hard I worked. You don't know where I was raised. I deserve this. I deserve that. Can we be honest? If you're a believer in Christ, you should understand this. The only thing that we deserve is this. For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, and the wages of sin is death. We deserve that. We're given grace. But that's the only thing that we can, as believers, clout is deserving. We're also, we... And the bad eye takes things out and, and is je je jealous. Why, why do they have that? Man, I should have that. They shouldn't have that. I need something better than them. I, I deserve it more. It's not only jealous, but that grows into a thing that's called bitterness. Um, that is not fair. It goes into the I deserve it, and then it goes into this. Man, I hate them. Just because I'm jealous of the stuff they have, now my, my, my jealousy has become hate, and that's what bitterness is. And it says this, that those things brings in the body darkness. And it says this, what a great, implying terrible darkness it is. I um, can say bitterness is a terrible, terrible place to be. And I don't say this because I've read about it in a book. I say it because I've experienced it in my own life. Uh, at my, my last church, I've been here for, God's allowed me to be here for 11 years. I was at my last church for 14 years. And about seven years, years in, I was still somewhat of a young man at that point. And I'd been on staff for a while. A lot of the, the, the staff had ro rotated 
through. I, I'd been there for six years or seven. Everybody else had not been there long, maybe a year or two. And our church had grown, so we began to bring on more staff. And so I, was, I had grown in my position there, so I was in charge of, of the staff and administ- administrating and do, doing some stuff like that along with youth. And as we brought in some more staff, we were bringing guys that were maybe a little bit older than me. Um, but when we brought them in, they, 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 they were, were making like 30, 35% more than what I made. And I remember I was like, whoa. I didn't say anything about it. I'll tell you what, I look great on the outside. Oh, yeah, great. Glad you're here. Great, wonderful. Praise God. But on the inside, I was like, whoa, this isn't fair at all. I mean, I'm doing, I'm teaching them what to do, and then I'm sort of in charge of them, and they're getting more money than me. And for six months, I held this, (laughs) hey, hey, great, great, good, good. But on the inside, I was a wreck. I didn't sleep at night. I tossed and turned angry, mad, look good on the outside, but on the inside, when the, the, the word, the text here says that this terrible darkness, this great darkness in you, I, I understood, uh, understood that. One day, I don't remember if I was praying or just in the word, I don't know what was going on, but I remember this. It almost seems like God, I didn't hear God's voice, but it was almost like God asked me, hey, uh, do you think I'm, I'm sovereign and in control? I was like, oh, yeah, God. You are creator, God. You are in control of, of all things. And he says, so you think I'm in control of all, all, all things? And I was like, God, you are in control of all things. He says, so you think I'm in control of the guys who, who set your pay at the church? Ooh. Well, if I think God's in control of all things, I think he's in, in, in control of all things, even things that may not be what I feel like beneficial to me, God still has his hand and is in control. In that, 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 that moment, I went, oh, God, you are in control of all things. You set my pay the way you want it, and you will for the rest of my life. So I will honor you with everything I have. And when I was finally submitted myself to God in that way, that life is so much better. Do not live with bitterness in you. It is not worth it. And can I encourage you by saying this? God's in control. What's your, how's your eyesight? Are you, you, you looking at things through the lens, what the world says you're supposed to look at? Oh, that's not fair. That's not right. I don't like that. Are you looking through the lens of Christ? Full of grace, full of thankfulness, full of compassion, being resourceful. Man, there's a reason why God has blessed you in whatever way that he has. Some have one talent, some may have five talent, whatever you have. God has blessed you in that way for you to use it for his honor and glory. Do not miss that. Check out your eyesight. We end in verse 24, and this last point is going to be quick. It says this, No one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. The last question for this morning is this. Who do, whom do you serve? Whom do you serve? You see, we've got a choice there. We can serve the things of this world or we can serve the creator of this world. And many people try to do both. And, and, and it's like the person that comes to church on Sunday but lives like the world... Monday to set 
Saturday and they come to church and they think, they think oh, no one has any idea. It shows up a lot more than we think it does. You, 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 can't, you can't do both. And re- remember, the problem here isn't having stuff, it's being enslaved to stuff. That's the problem, being enslaved to stuff. And the way that you can test yourself on, on whom you are serving, because I think it's a daily, sometimes hourly deal which you've got to ask yourself and put yourself in check, is this. Do you hold your stuff, when it comes to stuff, do you hold it like this? Or do you hold it like this? Okay, and let me explain. We, we tend to, in the world, will say, hey, hey, if you want to be in control of something, you've got to hold it like that. You've got to hold it and be in control of it. But that's not true. If you hold stuff like this, stuff masters you. If you stuff like, hold your stuff like this, because it's not yours, sorry to break it to you, it's God's, you master it. And you can do so much more in your life with this than with this. It's time for us to let go of the stuff that we hold so tightly and start to live it out like this. Our world needs the resources that we have for the gospel to be shared everywhere, across the street and around the world. Let's pray together. Dear God, I thank you so much for a chance to talk about stuff. Um, And God, we understand it's not wrong to have stuff, but Lord, may we be a people who understand that that, that what is is God-given by you is God-governed by you and that we need to be honorable uh, and honest and uh, with the stuff that we have. And Lord, may we hold it in a way that's not tight clenched, but may we hold anything, any, anything you have given us with open hands. And God, use the resources of not uh, just each one here, but Lord, of this church. Uh, use it, God, to make your name great here and around the world. God, we need your strength. We need your courage. We need your self-control. Uh, God, help us to be a people who honors you, even with our stuff. For it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. We're going to have a.